0: It is a joy to be with you this morning. When I first learned that your pastor Clay was going on sabbatical, I was absolutely thrilled. I had the gift of enjoying sabbatical last summer, and I can say it is a remarkable gift for the pastor, for the family, and for the church. So thank you so much for making that possible for him and and supporting him in that. I also love that while Clay is away, you are in Hebrews chapter 11, one of my favorite chapters in my favorite books of the Bible, if I had to choose, what book of the Bible would I take with me to a deserted island? I think it would be a toss-up for me between Psalms and Hebrews. Psalms, of course, the wonderful resource for our faith, every experience of faith documented in the Psalms, giving voice to all of our emotions. But maybe if I could have Psalms memorized, which is a good life goal, then I think I would take the book of Hebrews. Hebrews shows how the entire story recorded in the Older Testament of the Bible is fulfilled in Jesus. And it weaves all of that together with this beautiful thread showing how Jesus is the answer to all of the mysteries and he is the author of our faith. Hebrews shows us that this life that we live before God is all about Jesus and it's all about faith which the author of Hebrews says is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So faith places us within the same drama as we read about with Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and Rahab and others. And it's for the strengthening of our faith and for God's glory that we gather for worship like we do today and that we hear God's word to us this morning. So let's pray together as we prepare to hear God's word together. Father God, thank you for revealing yourself through the sun by your spirit. Thank you for breathing out these words of scripture so that we might breathe them in as oxygen for our souls. Align our breath with yours this morning. Illumine our minds to understand. Soften our hearts to know you and to move us into action, whatever we receive from your living word this morning. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. Hear now the word of God from Hebrews chapter 11, verses five and six. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Today, we're looking at Enoch as an example of faith. So let's begin with what we know about Enoch, which frankly isn't much. We know in Genesis 5 that Enoch is a descendant of Seth and the father of Methuselah. We read in Genesis 5.24 that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him which definitely makes him stand out in the lineup of that genealogy. (laughs) Then all the way in Luke 3, we see Enoch listed as an ancestor of Jesus. We learn in the book of Jude of a prophecy about the final judgment that's ascribed to Enoch. And we learn here in Hebrews 11 that Enoch is a prime example of living by faith, by virtue of his walking with God. That's the entirety of the biblical witness about Enoch. There's not much to work with, but I think there is something incredibly profound that we can learn from Enoch's example of walking with God by faith. So in short, what we learn from Enoch is that our faith is made for walking. Yes, that's an intentional reference to uh, Nancy Sinatra's song, These Boots Are Made For Walking. If you don't know the song, you've got some homework, I guess. Uh, and I'm hoping that it will help you remember the main point of the sermon today. Unlike the kind of walking that Sinatra's boots are going to do, walking over someone in revenge, the Christian life is an invitation to walk with God in a way that is all about grace. And we could even put this to song if you'd like. (laughs) This faith was made for walking, and that's just what we'll do. All of our days by faith, we're gonna walk right next to you. That's it. I'm sorry I didn't submit that in time for uh, for worship, but maybe you can keep that in mind in the future. Our faith is made for walking. In fact, the whole biblical story, each of our individual stories can be summarized under this theme of walking. Think about it, God created us to walk with Him, commune with Him, enjoy fellowship. In our sin, though, we desire to walk our own path, to find our own way, which really ends up being no way at all. But God in His grace over and over again has made a way for us to walk with Him again in restored relationship, beginning with the story of Israel, ultimately embodied in the story of Jesus who lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, sent His Spirit so that we can walk with God by faith. So we're invited to do so in hope, anticipating the day when our walk of faith will be purified of all pain and in fullness of joy forever will be with God. That's the Christian story, right? The Christian story is essentially that we can walk with God now and forever. And just so you don't forget, what is it? This faith was made for walking and that's just what we'll do all of our days by faith. We're gonna walk right next to you. That's it. But what does that mean? What does it mean to walk with God by faith all of our days? How does Enoch's example help us to understand that and to live that out even today? I wanna explore that in four different ways with you this morning. That we walk with God by faith, yes, but also we walk with God in fellowship, toward faithfulness, and by the Spirit. First, we walk with God by faith. We walk with God by faith by the conviction even though we don't see God, that God is with us, that God is for us, that God is guiding us. Even though we can't see God, the author of Hebrews says we believe. This is the essence of faith. We believe and we walk with Him. This makes me think of a youth group game that I participated in back in the 20th century. And this game, I think it was often called the Walk of Faith. I'm sure there's various different versions of this game, but the essence is the youth room was set up with all of these obstacles and a bunch of debris. There's a chair over there, there's a table there, a pile of coats here, and the youth leaders divide you into two different groups, and each group chooses a poor person to blindfold and set them at the beginning of the obstacle course, and without any sight, and by the yelled instructions of their teammates they are trying to work their way through this maze of obstacles blindly, basically, by faith that their teammates will guide them in the right way. If you hit the chair or if you hit the table or trip over the pile of coats, you got to start over. So it's a race. Prize goes to the winning team. Well, this is a good example of walking by faith and not by sight. The, the problem with the game is that you basically have 10 people yelling instructions at you at the same time, and there was usually that one kid who was just delighted in trying to trip you up. And it seems like every time there's this one person giving bad instructions and seeing the poor blindfolded person trip and fall, which just ended up being great fodder for the youth leaders to talk about. You know, the competing instructions in our lives and the role of the evil one and of course, the the one who is faithful to, to guide us. Because in contrast to anyone in the sidelines in this faith walk youth group game, God is completely trustworthy to guide us every step of the way in our walk with Him. We can't see God, but God has given us his inspired instruction manual, the revealed word of God as a map and as a light to our path and he continues to guide us and prompt us by the spirit who reveals hidden dangers and who guides us each step of the way. But it's a humbling walk that we're invited into. To walk with God by faith is to walk humbly because it means we are constantly dependent on God for our walk, for our life, and for our light. Left to ourselves, we would trip and fall over all kinds of things, and we still do in our sin and wanting to go our own way. But when we walk humbly, when we walk by faith, God promises to guide us to our destination. Enoch walked by faith And the author of Hebrews says this walk of faith was pleasing to God. It pleased God so much, in fact, that God decided not to let Enoch die, but to take him directly from earthly life to eternal life. The ordinary path, of course, from earthly life to eternal life is all of us will walk through the door of death, but not for Enoch. This remarkable, seen. One day, the text says, he was not found because God in his mercy took him. And, And even though most likely none of us will experience this sort of thing that Enoch experienced, we are walking the same walk. We have the same opportunity as Enoch did to walk with God day by day. Faith is what gets us walking and faith is what keeps us walking with God, and it's all a gift of God by His grace. So we walk with God by faith. The second point is that walking with God entails fellowship with God. We walk with God by faith and in fellowship. One of my favorite things to do is walk with my wife, Stephanie, Uh, I think part of it's just the delight of being together, having the excuse of time to talk with one another about life and enjoy the outdoors together. Uh, But it's also because, at least for me, a lot of the best conversations happen while walking. Something about your mind getting in sync with your body and your heart start moving in sync. Um, In fact, if you ever feel stuck relationally, the last thing you might wanna do is walk with the person that you feel stuck with, but often it's the best thing you can do. Even if you don't know what to say, say, let's go for a walk. I highly recommend it. But in my relationship with my wife, this covenantal fellowship we have, one of the other amazing things is when you go for a walk with someone that you're united with like that, you don't have to talk. You can just enjoy being together. And, and that's good and it's peaceful. It's beautiful. That hasn't always been the case for us, but as we continue to add miles to our relationship, we just celebrated 16 years on Friday, uh, we're, we're finding more and more freedom to enjoy the fellowship. Not this pressure that we have to do something for each other or not even always say something to one another, but just enjoy our covenantal fellowship with one another it's something similar, it's a, it's a dim image of what's going on with this biblical idea of walking with God. It's an intimate image, right? It's a, it's, it's a tender and strong covenantal relationship where we have this incredible ability to simply be with the God of the universe. And what Jesus accomplished for us in his life and death and resurrection and ascension is this ability to be with God in reconciled relationship, in, in communion with God, to walk with God and to be his companions. That's what's on offer for us in the gospel of Jesus. The reality of fellowship with God, walking with God as his companions if you have not embraced that incredible gift that is on offer in the good news of Jesus, today is the day, there is no better day, to begin walking with God. And part of what that means is, like in a marriage relationship, you have the freedom, complete freedom to be honest with God, that means prayer, to bring up anything in conversation with God as you walk with Him day by day, but it also means the freedom to be silent The gift of silence is to enjoy this profound reality that no matter what you do, no matter what you say or don't say or don't do, you will always be with God and God will always be with you. There's nothing you can do or say to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do or say to make God love you less. You can simply stroll with God and be satisfied in all that God is for you without any pressure of doing great things for God. This is where gospel living begins because when that sinks in, when the depth of that fellowship with God becomes a reality for you, then you're gonna be motivated to do things for God, to have a relationship with God that works itself out in fear and trembling and in love and in costly action, you're gonna to wanna to walk in a manner that's worthy, right, of your calling and your identity. And that brings us to the third point. We walk with God by faith, we walk with God in fellowship, but we walk with God toward faithfulness. Walking with God entails that we walk on one path and not others. Jesus describes the path as a narrow one one that leads to fullness of life and and many other biblical authors will draw on beautiful and colorful language to describe the path that we are to walk with God. Paul in Ephesians describes this as walking in love and walking in light. Paul in Romans encourages the church to walk in newness of life John, in his letter, speaks about how our fellowship with God leads to walking with God in his way, not in darkness, but in light. And then in Hebrews 12, we read that not only are we supposed to walk with God in his way, but we are to run the race marked out for us with perseverance, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So our, our walk with God is about Staying on this good, true, beautiful, faithful path. And I don't know about you, but when I go out hiking, I am so tempted to take the shortcuts. You know what I'm talking about? Where there's the, the loops that are going down or up a hill, but you, you can tell the people who have just cut straight through all those loops, straight down the hill or up the hill, every time, wow, <laughs> that would really save a lot of time, you know? And, and I know the reason why, it's, it's to not erode the path, it's to protect the forest, all the things, but I'm still, I'm, I'm very tempted. And, and I find that the same is true with my walk with God. You know, I'm, I'm so tempted to take shortcuts and, and say to God, well, you know, I'll catch up with you at the next bend. Uh, this looks better to me. This just looks easier and faster. But just because it's shorter, just because it decreases time and effort does not mean it's better. I'm tempted by relational shortcuts, vocational shortcuts, spiritual shortcuts, but walking with God toward faithfulness is hardly ever about the quickest, most efficient way. Just let that sink in for a second. Walking with God is slow. Walking with God means walking in the way of God. Yes, that one path that God has revealed for us, but also at the speed of God, which most often God walks slowly. I was most struck with this idea when I was reading a book by a Japanese theologian, Kasuke Koyama. It's entitled Three Mile an Hour God, where he talks about the, the miracle of the incarnation, how God in his mercy, decided to walk at our pace. This is the speed that God walks. Koyama writes, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It's slow, yet it's the Lord over all other speeds since it is the speed of love. It goes on in the depth of our life, whether we notice it or not, whether we are currently hit by storm or not, at three miles an hour. It's the speed we walk, therefore, it's the speed the love of God walks. We walk with God toward faithfulness at the speed of love, attentive to relationships, Attentive to the moment, attentive to all that the Spirit is doing and saying in our midst at three miles an hour. We walk with God by faith, we walk with God in fellowship, we walk with God toward faithfulness, and finally, especially since it's Pentecost Sunday, we walk with God by the Spirit. This is everything. It is the Spirit that enables us to walk with God by faith. It's by the Spirit that we walk with God in fellowship, participating in the life of the triune God. It's by the Spirit that we walk with God toward faithfulness. The Spirit is the one who gives us the ability and the power. None of this would be possible on our own strength. All of this is possible because God is with us even now. He's with us. In this life of walking with God, the Spirit guides, the Spirit prompts, the Spirit encourages, the Spirit comforts, the Spirit convicts, the Spirit challenges, the Spirit assures us of our hope. When we walk in the Spirit, we are assured that we can walk with God. And that's what our faith was made for. This faith was made for walking, and that's just what we'll do. All of our days, by faith, Lord God, we will walk right next to you. And thank you, Father, Son, and Spirit, for this gift and this invitation to walk with you. Such a simple idea such an incredibly profound idea that you would want that kind of intimacy with us, that you would want that kind of companionship with us. So, oh God, would you strengthen us and our faith? Would you move us to embrace the fellowship with you that is all gift? Would you empower us to walk in step with your spirit toward faithfulness and to keep us walking, that we might please you and that we might experience fullness of life. We pray all of this in confidence that you are with us, that you are for us, and Lord Jesus, that you are interceding with us in spirit, articulating the groanings that remain in the depths of our hearts. Thank you for all of these gifts in your name, amen.